live video is starting. Oh, Lord. There we are, folks. There we are. Live, live on the book. All right. You're live. Well, welcome to Judging Bouncing Balls, episode 35. Paul, how are we doing? Good. How are you? I'm excited to be finally get asked to be on here. I know, right? Well, first off, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy went on vacation. And left me the keys here. I talked to him today, and he, I think he was questioning whether this is a good idea or not. Um, he said he might stop in if he is, uh, you know, he's in like the Smoky Mountains or something. I don't know. Doing um, more family. That guy, that guy loves my family more than we love Green Bay Packers. Uh, I tell you, Father of the Year. Yeah. Oh God. Every year. I mean, it's like a no contest, no brainer. Um, but. He gave me permission and he taught me how to go live. So I ruined everything today. Actually, if you go on YouTube, you'll see a 15, 30 minute clip of me, just my face doing nothing but my fat face sticking out. So I don't know how to get rid of that. Uh, but we'll figure that out. But good to have you on. And uh, we I wanted to really bring you on. Last week, we had a lot of questions about wrestling, right? Yes. You're kind of the, the, the guy and you can kind of... Um, Hold on. Sheedy, our other, we're going to have a third, this works, third gentleman join us. Um, and uh, he is another parent uh, in the youth sports in different ranges. So, but why don't you give a little background on you and uh, your sport history and uh, the kind of the yeah. kids you have and what you're doing? Yeah. So I have, uh, I had two, two girls in the club. Um, well, now one. Uh, my oldest has decided not to play anymore. A little disappointing, but. Uh, she was in the club up until this, uh, until yesterday, basically, as the new season started. So two girls in the club, um, uh, part of the club for a couple of years now on the board, um, really like youth sports, uh, coached pretty much everything but soccer, uh, hated soccer for a long, long time, growing to appreciate it now, uh, but coached a lot of, uh, a lot of football, uh, baseball, wrestling, uh, through the years uh, for youth sports, so a big supporter of it. We, we support it as a company and as, as individuals. Really like the youth sports aspect of it. I played uh, football, wrestled, and played baseball, and then a little bit in college of wrestling and, and baseball, and then and then got into coaching and really enjoy uh, what, what youth sports has to do. So I've uh, been having fun listening to you and Jeremy talk. Um, hopefully, like as we were kind of talking right before we got on about who's going to comment now. So hopefully Joe's out there or somebody's going to make fun of us because I make fun of you guys enough uh, during this during your podcast normally. Uh, but last week you were talking no. about crazy parents. And if you've not been to a wrestling tournament, you are missing out because that is, I think, by far the craziest set of parents there is. When you see the videos, right, you see the mom on the sideline and then she all of a sudden she's on the mat and she's attacking kids. Does that happen? Does that truly really happen? That did happen. Actually, the one of the moms was from Bayport. Um, no easy, yeah. really. I mean, hey, 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 I'm trying to stay <laughs> really in Amber. But I uh, know that that does happen. I would say not as much as it's probably published, but the craziness is real no matter what. I don't think there's a lot of attacking, but wrestling i think especially on the youth level it's so intense and a lot of the parents that are not used to it 
um, are one of the issues because they're, they're the first time they're probably seeing their kid get, for lack of a better term, beat up and they can't handle that part of it. It's also one of the only sports that allows you like legitimately you're within, you know, a foot of, of the, uh, of, of the atmosphere. Like on the youth sports, they have them right for a youth wrestling tournament. They're right on the mat. Uh, so I think you got that. And then you have every dad or sister or brother that ever wrestled who thinks they're Olympian yelling their kid what to do. And it's just, you have, eight to 900 people in a, usually a division two or division three gym. That's not real big. And there's just a lot of energy and a lot of uh, frustration. And then there's tears and then there's kids getting screamed at. It's like Matt's here upside down. Paul, we'll get, we'll get back to that, yes. that in a second. Cause I do, we do want to dial in, but we were just joined by, by Matt Schuette, one of the, uh, the esteemed, Club members um, in uh, 2010. Uh, for that preface, both your daughters play on the 2010 Wisconsin United Mighty Loons team. Premier, Premier. That's a Premier. So the, the top team. Um, and Matt's got Matt's daughter is also going to be a senior at Bay Forge. She's got two other daughters, right? Thanks. Uh, you're kids you have, Matt. Uh, depends on who you ask, but uh, three that I claim three. Yeah. So you got your 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 you're losing one to the senior, and then yep. you have 2010, and then you have a younger one. Yep, I have an 06 on the premier team, a 10 on the premier team, and then uh, one that's just going to go to the nine v nine field. So we got one ending and one kind of starting. Ah, so if, so if our DOCs are out there, they should thank Matt for paying his salary because he's writing checks and it's fantastic. We need more of him. <laughs> But we'll get into we'll get into your uh, your expertise right now. Paul's kind of telling us about the great sport of wrestling, and uh, now Paul, what when did you get started? Because wrestling starts when you get out of the womb for some like Luxembourg Casco, like literally the minute you can walk, you're you're in a in a what's the kid yeah. called? A singlet. Singlet. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna call it other stuff, but I won't. Yeah, I've heard it all. Um... <laughs> Interesting for us, like, yeah, I think in this area, wrestling is obviously pretty big. Bayport, play. Um, Jesus, Matt. Get together. Coleman. Um, I'm a technology left behind. Uh, Kakana. You know, there, there's some really, really traditional good schools in the area, Wrightstown. Um, but we got lucky. I um, Where I grew up, um, my dad at that point worked second shift and my brothers and I were basically fighting in the yard and our neighbor was the youth wrestling coach and came up to my mom and said, Hey, well, I'll take them off your hands for a couple hours every week. If you, if they want to come wrestle. And my dad was a basketball player, um, which made no sense because he's the same height as me, but he played for Fred Kessley. And so we knew he knew nothing about wrestling and but my mom was like, yeah, get him out of our hair. So Bob Brusky, who was one of the still coaches, I think, to this day, uh, grabbed us when we were like in kindergarten, first grade. And then uh, that's how we started and then uh, finished through uh, through college. So that uh, well, I didn't finish, but wrestled in college. Uh, so, you know, kind of the whole from the little to the to the bigger part of the sport. Um, but, yeah, it's a really big area for wrestling, uh, especially 
you know, in the, in the mid eighties, early nineties, late nineties, uh, in this area. And it still is it's just a little bit more south now, um, but yeah, it's a intense sport. So for me, it's, it's interesting. You know, my parents had to learn how to be wrestling parents. And then kind of, for me, I had to learn how to be a soccer parent because I knew nothing about soccer. And then, uh, just the girls just started playing. So back in the day, I was not a great soccer dad as Mac in a test. I was pretty intense about it. So that kind of, that wrestling rolled over for me a little bit too much. I've learned to calm down in my kind of right, Matt. <laughs> Relative, right? Yeah. Well, you, you had two daughters play in the club until this year. You have a sophomore and an, seventh grader so yes yes so my oldest is going to be a sophomore and my youngest is going to be a seventh grader so correct um, you boys are both in the fire of youth sport yes now matt matt you coach soccer well you stand on the sideline according to some on your turn to some of the fathers on your team you stand on the sideline and just look pretty i don't know if that's true or not <laughs> How did you, when, what is your love for the sport? Cause the fan on the sideline, you really got to love the sport. Yeah. I, I started playing when I was very young. And at the time when I started playing in the area, it wasn't near as popular as it is now. So I really looked to a lot of uh, dads that spent their moms that spent their time coaching to varying degrees of ability, but spent their time out there. And I think that meant a lot in a sport that you're trying to find a niche and, and find, you know, a level footing with the likes of baseball and just really great sports of their own, but were much more popular and, and entrenched. And we were always kind of the, the one trying to fight their way in to get, get, um, you know, equity there and, uh, really enjoyed the game and love playing and, um, love playing after had an opportunity after college to coach. And, uh, when my kids grew up, it, you know, always in the need of coaches, I grabbed onto that. I have some amount of coaching education. I don't profess to be an expert by any means, but I was certainly give my time. I try to be a lifelong learner, which I think I take into that. And as my kids get older, I've, uh, as Paul has, is doing as becoming a learning to be a soccer dad, I've really had to learn that as well. So um, I'm on the sideline for one now and on, on the coaching side. And at some point we'll end that. And the other two, I have uh, turned into a soccer dad. So I think the biggest challenge of becoming a soccer dad from a coach is not coaching while being a dad, which is sometimes easier said than done and just trying to, trying to be that. But there's a lot of really great coaches in the club and uh, my kids have had, you know, me aside, a lot of opportunity to um, have better coaching that I could provide. And that's, I think one of the values that this club has, whether it be in a group training or a practice, uh, some really top quality coaches that spend a lot of time, trying to make kids uh, better and make this club better. Yeah, but let's be honest. I mean, I'm a parent. I, I can coach the hell out of them from the sideline that I'm on. I mean, I think I take a lot of credit for, for where our team goes. And <laughs> me yelling shoot at the inoperable sign is pretty much the, the classic way to, to score. Um, but now you guys are on the old tents, the girls. Now you guys are just coming into your own now. You guys self-proclaimed most viewers or something on Facebook and your social media game is strong. I'll be honest. Um, but what, uh, like, we're, I, I, like, we all like soccer, right? And that's why we do this. But I'm more into it for the fun. And you guys seem to have a really good group of parents and a really good group. Now, you join us this year on the travel squad, right? Well, you're traveling with us. Yeah. 
And Toby, I think and, uh, you, you, you said something there, I think, that is what makes this funny. You know, I've, I've talked at home with my better half several times around when this ride's over at some point, you're going to miss watching your kids play, but you're going to miss the heck out of the families you get to know. And I think that's right. kind of a big deal. And you talked about, you know, joining up this fall and having a bigger soccer family grow. That's that's a lot of the fun of it. Otherwise, it that travel can get arduous. Well, it's, I mean, if you like, and there are a lot of parents on our team that we travel and then that's it, right? They they have their dinner with their family and they call it a night. And I'm all for that. That's how. But I personally am a I'm gonna grab a couple beers and go sit in the lobby and and meet people. I mean, I've met even YouTube, for instance. I didn't you know didn't know much about anybody from the area besides the friends I had until soccer. So it's been a blast. And I look forward to more travel. Um, I think we only go to Detroit once, you know, but I think we do run for, I don't know. We'll have yeah. to I'll answer that later, a little later. You'll but, probably uh, have a scouting report on everybody too. I, <laughs> I, I think Toby, but that is the, go ahead. You, you brought up a good point too. I think with our team is there, there's not a lot of drama, at least on the field. The, the girls really got, you know, I've always played together well there and they get to, they get along well. Uh, we just combined last fall. So they went from teammates and, or they went from opponents to teammates and that went very smooth. Um, but there's not a lot of drama at all. I don't, I think we're probably one of the less drama filled teams in the, in the club, but the parents that kind of spills over to the parents too. I, I think we're going to, this whole new league, the, the, whatever the E64, Regional league, I think, is going to be huge for the club because, you know, we, our girls watch your girls and they watch Dusty's old six team. But now you're going to have what every team from U thirteen to U nineteen, I believe, or U eighteen traveling, and that's five six teams. Um, there's nothing else that's going to be happening in those weekends. I think you're going to have more more loons fans in the in the side on the sidelines. I think that's really going to make for the club to be a lot better too because there's going to be less. Um, less downtime. I think you can, you're going to get done with your game. You're going to go watch the other teams play. Likely we'll all be at the same hotel. You know, it, it, it should go pretty well. I'm, I'm excited about that part of it. Probably more than anything, instead of uh, getting done with a game and then, you know, somewhat deciding what to do. Now mm-hmm. we stick around and watch right. uh, the older girls. Well, that, that's the, the fun of, you know, what our club, you, what is, uh, you know, you mentioned E64, now, the one thing that really bugs me about USYS, the USU soccer, whatever it's called, is they seem to change everything yearly. You know, when, when we joined the Appleton Loons, which when we combined, we were in Premier 2, I think. And then we took fourth place. And then they're like, fourth place is good enough to go to this league. And then we end up traveling all over, right? And then we went to YNL. And then last year, Clubby Club. And then this year, E64. You two know more about E64 because I don't know. Sorry. Yeah, I, you know, don't do much work, so I just look up. I should, I should have phrased that. Sorry, Matt. I didn't mean to include you in that question. <laughs> I will have a complete scouting report for everybody on, on every team probably every week. But from, from what we gathered uh, looking at the new league and then even Dusty follow-up today in our parent meeting was – um, so, you know, everybody in our club from a girl standpoint qualified for YNL Youth National League. And last year, everybody, I believe, except for, well, no, everybody was in P2, you know, YNL, which is Midwest Conference. 
at least for U13 and U14, which was us and the 2009s. And then 2008 and above got moved to YNL Clubbers Club. And so they're in, in YNL under youth soccer, there's, there's the top league is E64. And the second uh, league in that ladder system is E64 Regional League, which is what we're in now. And then it's uh, YNL P1 and then YNL P2, um, which we were in P2 last year. So we kind of, we leapfrog over P1. And then from what I, what I've gathered is um, Clubbers Club is, is gone. And now that's kind of the regional league, um, but plus. And then uh, one more tidbit that Dusty gave us today was if you're in Elite 64, your top team has to be in this league unless you have another team. So some of the big the big clubs that have, you know, five, six, seven teams, their top, top team will be an E64, and their second-level team will be in our league. But if they only have one team such as we do, we're all in – our top team is in this league. Um, so that's this. – Oh, really? So, so if you have a – if you have two really good teams, one's got to go up and then one stays at our level. If if your team qualified for E64. So E64 um, is, you know, hypothetically the top 64 clubs in the country. And they look at it every two years. And then they split it by by Midwest, you know, West, Mountain. And, and I believe there's 10 teams or 10 to 12 teams. No, sorry, eight. It, it's divided. The country's divided in eight leagues or eight divisions, and then eight, eight of them in the Midwest are in the top E64. So if you – so at the end of this year, if let's just say Libertyville, which I think is in Midwest E64, did not qualify well, they'll get dropped to our division now. And then somebody else's club will all go up to E64. So if the Loons come out and win every division, hypothetically they could qualify for E64 in the future. If you look at it like the normal, the local ratings, E64, it's just how it ended last year. So E64 would be Bayport, right? Yeah. And then E64 regional would probably be Kimberly, right? P1, Plat, I mean, Plasky, maybe. I mean, Notre Dame would be in there. Good, just good group, yep. good group, right? And then Amherst would be P2. Yeah. But like if we were talking regular season games, like Plasky would be like. Well, we're not. Right? We're not worried about regular. Nobody cares about regular season. We only care about. about Trophies playoffs. and plaques. We're talking about the playoffs, right to the Paul. Playoffs. I believe. Right to the national championship, we would we would be moved forward. We'd be like, the- yeah, we'll get into that later. Your Pulaski ties and the how you're. There's a rumor out there you're transferring. I don't know if it's true or not. Yeah, Andy King. But Serene is looking at Bayport. <laughs> Andy King did. Okay, good. It says Serene's going to go to Notre Dame. Nil. We can get NIL money in Notre Dame. Y'all should go. Toby, your company could sponsor us all. Well, we could all we could go to right? you go to Shano, please, like in Division Four. Can you get NIL money at Division Three college level? Yes, you mm-hmm. can. Wouldn't that be amazing? Like if you were super rich at a company and your daughter went and like play soccer at Eau Claire and she's got a car and it's just, like, like Olivia Dunn, whatever her name is, not that I follow her. I'm not into that stuff, but just that'd be fantastic. It's kind of like having Sheedy's money around here. Yeah. 
talking to the two CEOs. Oh, I don't know. I'm not. Oh, at least I work. At least I work. <laughs> My Monday consists of looking at all the all the teams for the next week, and then I provide Toby a, a, a report. Try to beat Joe. You know, I know Joe also looks for reports. Last time I yep, checked, well, it that's... was Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Yeah. Well, come on, Matt. <laughs> Our 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 our, uh, our head cheese said, uh, "Eric's the best part about the new structure is clubby club aspect, coaches, siblings, community level travel." That sounds like a head statement, right? Like coaches, siblings, community travel together. Yeah, that was all word- we care about. That was wordsmith. Is- <laughs> right, we care about what hotel we're staying, which we both have the team same team manager, yep. which is very key because if you get a bad one, you're at the Super Eight be honest we don't need that and then it's when do we play because you want to play midday you want to play at like two and then you want to play at like 10 then you could stay up a little later try to yeah. sleep in a little that's what that's what i look for i, I just I, i'm not an early bird and i don't feel good in the morning when i hang out in the lobby uh, it'd be interesting if somebody you know had time on their hands maybe that's something i can do i bet you the loons do not play well in the morning in all the years that we've ever been running around, I do not think any team that at least Matt and I's daughter has been on, if it's before 930, that's going to be a rough game. Even if we win, that's a that's a rough start. And I don't know why. Toby, I wonder if they ever thought about checking the hotel lobby air quality. It must be that must be the reason you don't feel well the next morning. You know, I think I have allergies. Um, some of these hotels don't dust properly. Yeah, or be I get into a bag of a bag of bad ice. Bag yes. of bad ice Tuesday night. Yeah. Wednesday morning I felt terrible. Mm-hmm. But you know, Matt, or, or, Paul, I think you're right because we play best. I think late afternoon and under the lights. Our second, if we play two games in one day, our second game is usually our best. Or like, or like an eleven to eleven to one o'clock start time. I would, I would assume. And Eric is true. The morning broadcast crew is a disaster. That is true. We're foggy. It's, it's mostly raining in our head. Now, are you guys – now you're, you've moved up, right? You're in the big leagues now. Are you guys going to have a broadcast crew? I mean, is this something that Schmidt's going to have to do? Well, our marketing, budget, for radio? our marketing budget is way bigger than the 2008s. I'm just judging by our Facebook page alone. We have media day, professional photography. I don't even know who takes those. Um, we we were gonna maybe sub out our game film to you guys. Um, where we offer Bloody Marys in the morning, old fashions in the afternoon. Uh, Matt and Mike could possibly do some color commentary for you. Run the sidelines, get some re- get some in depth reporting. Are you still on the sidelines, Matt, with the team? Uh no, I'm I'm uh, with the parents. So, did you hit um, that age group? Right? Is that hit, the yes. I like I that. The, I like that. Now, no offense, but I like the rule. I I I'm 100 behind the rule, Toby. I, I was uh, I was blessed to have the opportunity to do it as long as I could. And let's just take any any questions, no matter how I think straight you can play it. Um, there's just too much there, and and it just makes more sense to have really qualified coaches coach your kids. Yeah, I mean, you get to a certain level, right? Your people are paying, and I'm sure you're a very fine coach. I don't know. 
seen a couple of your games when I was there to talk to Paul. <laughs> he, Paul did did give us hats for our broadcast, so I got to play nice in the sandbox because we're hoping this year be maybe upped a little bit. Um, but it, you know, I think you're right though. You get to a point where I know we've just we just switched coaches. Now we both have roads as coaches. Yeah, friendly road wager. And, uh, road versus road. We'll see. We'll see. We'll get through the uh, friendlies, even though I hate the term. I find that very, very European. We're calling mm-hmm. them preseason games. Okay, I like I like that better because we both we all go down in two, three weekends. Two, yeah. So next weekend we play a, a, a scrimmage against the in club, and then it's the following weekend. I think the nineteenth, twentieth. Oh, that's yeah. Right, you guys play the O nines on Sunday night under the at, at Norian. Yes, yes. That's kind of a big deal. Let's talk about that a little bit. That's kind of a big deal. I mean, Is back Eric's when we were playing strategy, if Eric's on, if he's listening, we're not gonna. But back in the day when we were the O eights, well, we've always been the O eights, but we came. In Howard, and the O nines always wanted to play us because we always miss a player, and they 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 would tie us, and they'd they'd feel good about themselves. Well, it's not all. Rumor has it they ran from you a little bit, maybe you reeled them in, and you know I'm excited. I'm coming. I'm excited. The the nines are big. We we've we have struggled with their size and speed for years. They're big. That's a that's a big group of that's a big team. Is this a year? I haven't checked Vegas odds. I haven't got on my app on CaesarsPalace.com. But uh, is there a uh, – I'm taking – a 2009 versus 10s. Eric's calling it the malice of the palace. Or something <laughs> from the past. <laughs> Don't take the bait, Paul. Don't take the bait. Oh, it's out there. It is out there. But I'm assuming you're going to get a goal or two, right? They're, they brought in a girl. She's 30. From from Indiana, I mean, Eric's. A, I mean, they do have our executive director as their coach. I mean, they have every, like if Eric says we need a new ball, the budget shows up with a new ball. Let's be honest, where the rest of us just get one that we have to buy the parents. Yeah, but they got a couple. They got a couple. Danielle Montes is the rumor. Like yeah. I don't know with the birth certificate yeah. thing. Not not sure if that's substantiated, but that's the word on the street. We heard. Yeah. They reloaded up pretty good, so they got they got a lot of uh, new girls. We'll see. You know, new Toby, girls. you were talking about transitioning over to the parent sideline, and I was I was thinking the hardest part about that is I got to strategize of where I want to sit now to get like a good view. Like that was the spoilage of coaching; you could stand wherever you wanted, you weren't obstructed, and now, that's the hardest part of the transition. I got to figure out where to sit. Well, so, that's, so if you get there early, you get you know there's a, there's a half line. Right, and then you get your half, and we always mm-hmm. try to do as a broadcast would be close to the half line, but there's always a group of parents that would sit right away, mm-hmm. give me over there with their chair, and me not being the fastest squirrel in town, I took my time. But regionals, I was pushed way down. It's it's yeah, you're right. All of a sudden, you're just watching defense all half, and you're like, yeah. I think it's where does your kid play too, right? That's kind of where your spot is. So we have a joke on our team. So obviously I, I take the photos and nine times out of 10, I'll shoot the offense or, or the team coming towards me. Uh, obviously everybody wants to look at pictures of, of a face instead of a, a back of a number, but our goalie's dad, Keith, 
obviously sits on the goalie side. So at halftime, we jokingly for the last whatever four or five years have walked past each other, briefly talked about what we saw and moved on. And I think the the conversation that we always have is I would not want to be a goalie's dad. That would be the worst stress, I think, from a game. Because if, if your kid plays offense and they don't score, you're not supposed to score in soccer, right? One or two goals here and there, a zero-zero game, everyone's fine. But if your kid gives a ball up and you lose zero to one, like it, it, that, that stress has got to be really bad. So we joke about that all the time. Like, obviously, everybody wants to see their kid have a lot of action, except for the goalie's dad wants to be the boringest, wants their kid to have the boringest game there is. Yeah. I still wouldn't want to do it. That's tough. So we switch every half. We, we usually get to talk for a couple of minutes before we're switching halves. But I think that's where you got to go, Matt. You got to decide where you want to watch. I mean, Joe's yeah. kind let, of let, me, let me ask you this. Because I stand in the same position, whether it's whatever side they're on. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of parents that watch defense only. Like we have a dad that was on our team, and he would watch his daughter. Then halftime, he would switch. You know, and you're not supposed to go on the other side. Because there's the safety line they call, and then you're supposed to each have your side. But I was just found standing in one place. I go you coach your kid. Nobody's gonna, no one's gonna stop you. Right. Well, yeah, but you're also kind of pictures. Why? Because you gotta keep. Yeah. Calm. He's gotta keep calm. Yeah. If I if I don't take pictures, I'm gonna get thrown out of a game. I mean, Matt can attest to that. <laughs> you know, one of the things I mean, not to you know, I say this to Matt if he's on or not, but. Matt was the perfect coach for those kids for years because he's so calm and he dealt with the parents like me who were not calm until I picked up a camera. Uh, I, I couldn't do it. I mean, you have so many different levels of players at the U8 to U. I mean, even now, but from U8 to U9, U8 to U11, the, the difference in players on a team is so much different. I couldn't do it. The, the patience that he had was was perfect for him. And then you obviously turn it over to, you know, the DOC, the coach. Um, but that's where I, I, I wouldn't be able to handle that. And that's why I had to pick a camera up because I probably wouldn't be in the club anymore. Me and Matt had to have a couple conversations about that to keep my mouth shut. You know, Toby, I'm, I'm with you. I kind of probably will stick in one spot in the high school seasons. I've learned to be a dad with my older daughter on the sideline trying to get to me as close to midfield as I can and planting. Now, you know, if I get an opponent by me or somebody I don't want to listen to, well, that may change my tune, but I think we're going to try to get near midfield and just stick it out there. You got to be nervous. You know, this passer, though, too, Matt. I What's think that? Forgets, like, now I think it's funny when you watch the broadcast. Now, everybody on Toby's team, the 2008 team, they know they're going to broadcast, so they watch what they say. A lot of times they're getting drowned out by the cheering or the cowbells by certain people, um, which we love. Those are That's awesome. But I think some of these new teams aren't going to realize that when they put that camera up, that it picks up everything. Mm-hmm. That's interesting too. Cause if you, if you turn the, the, the mute off and start listening to on the, on the replays, when, when coach sends out the video, you catch a lot of conversations that I don't think people want to know that. I don't think they know that they're being recorded. Yeah, well, it's a I pretty sensitive to, mic. I was talking to one of the DOCs yesterday, and when they watch the BO camera, they can hear it all. And it's, uh, it's you know, when you go, when they ask you not to coach, and all of a sudden all you hear is coaching from the parent sideline, 
yeah, it uh, that is a different a different tool. That's why I like it when they put it with the players. Yeah, one of the things I one of the things that one of the things I had to dodge when I transitioned the first time was, hey, why do you think they're doing this? I, I don't know. Looks like the right move to me. Why do you think they're doing this? Do you think they should do this instead? Yep, looks good to me. I don't know. <laughs> Not my so place. Matt, you know, <laughs> we were uh, we were a freshman this year, so we didn't get bounced into the 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 high school scene until after, but what are your feelings between you being a high school parent and then being a, a club parent? What is your outlook? Cause you've been in a, you've had a couple of good years as a high school parent now. And then you've also yeah. been in the club scene. I think the club, you had the advantage of it's a long, much longer calendar year. Uh, it's, you know, it's a prior to high school. It's a really a 10 month season, right. Between all the trainings and games and tournaments. Um, and then even as they're older, they got about a six month season. So you get a lot more continuity with parents. You get to know them. There's more opportunity to go out of town and, you know, spend time. That's, you know, almost set up to be that way. High school is a little different. It's a group of nuts and bolts and coaches got to pull them together. And it's a bunch of different parents of, you know, I think I was thinking of the Bayport team this year. I don't know. What do they have? Six, seven different club teams represented on that group. So, you know, a lot of them and you get to know them as time goes and, aside from losing in this state tournament, that was probably the hardest part is you're just starting to hit a stride with some of those parents and, and really getting to know them uh, as you go through those games. Yeah. I felt, I felt as the season went on, it became a lot more fun for the parents. I mean, we started getting together pregame after game. We had a routine, we were meeting out of town and that you're right. That's kind of what the club season's all about to me. Mm-hmm. The minute you get club season, you're off and running. Yeah, in the club too, you had this advantage of more weekend based and the high school season, better or worse, weekdays, there's kids doing stuff. You know, you got to get up and go to work the next day. So it, the club season lends, I think, a little more than that. But there's a lot of really good parents on that high school team. And to your point, as the year went, it was, it was fun to get to know them. Yeah, it seems like everybody's out there. You know, it seemed like club too, everybody kind of was as a, was a unit because you do spend more. Or high school, you're kind of individual based for a while. Mm-hmm. We're kind of rooting for your kid because I still don't know my five kids' names on the team just because I really didn't pay attention that well early on. But, you know, so I think – and then being a freshman, I think it'll be a lot more fun next year. And, you know, now your daughter's a senior, so she's kind of running the show. And as a parent, you need to run the cheers because you're a senior parent. I am excited I, for that. I, I don't know. It's hard to beat fire in the hole, and that's not even mine. So. <laughs> So I will live forever. You're going to get how many years in a row are you going to get of high school soccer then? Because you've had four, this will be your fourth four, with Dana. Eight. And then Josie. Yeah. And will the, will the two, will Josie and the goalie, uh, or so, yeah. and, and put goalie in quotes, he uses yeah. that facetiously. Yeah. Are they, uh, are they going to overlap or are you going to go 12 straight seasons? Um, they will go 11. I'll go 11 straight seasons. Wow. I was talking to one of the dads on, that had a senior on the team uh, this year, and they were just wrapping up a similar run uh, with three daughters. So um, I'm, I'm probably going to wear through a couple different Bayport wardrobes over that period of time. God bless you. That's a lot of that's a lot of bench time. Yeah, and, and nothing. I, that's the other thing about high school is you got to invest in a you got to invest in a good bleacher seat. Otherwise, that's painful. We do have a club seat section. It's not built yet. We're also going to have a rooftop. Um, the elevators, the parts are from, they're coming in from overseas. So 
they're behind a little bit with the with the crisis, you know. So did you switch from a gold to a copper top? Like, what kind of paint is that, or is that actually plated? Yeah, well, that's, that's plated. That, yeah, that's plated. Okay. Yeah, well, that's you saw what happened downtown Green Bay on the courthouse, right, where they just painted it and then yeah. it iodized because of the yeah. Yeah, no. We don't well, want to look like that. That, that dome's big, that dome costs more than the GDP of Wisconsin. Doesn't cost more than what Nina got a new field. Did you see the scoreboard they have? No. On their new was it was it better than Rapids? It, it's bigger than Rapids, but they kind of did a power move and stuck it right behind the opposing team's sidelines, so it's not mm. in the end zone. So they put all the stands on one side, which I think is like 3,700 people. And then they stuck the scoreboard, which is it looks about twice the size of Rapids' scoreboard, right behind and, and right tight on it, on the inside of the track. Yeah, the the new sports complex at Nina High School is amazing. Um, we did a ton of work there, so I walked it. But the you're right, the football stadium is all on one side. It's all like a brick facade or it's a facade that like, I don't know, they probably have how many press boxes upstairs. And then you go into the, the off track stuff, you know, the shot put and stuff. And then you go down a hill into the soccer stadium. So I'm calling it stadium because they have their own stands and lights and they did grass. Um, I guess the soccer coach wanted grass. So, and then there's a baseball diamond, softball diamond. So it would be fun to go down there and play. We played them at home this year, so I'm hoping we go there next year because I would like to go see it when it's fully functional. That that it looks unreal. That complex, and so was it a whole new school, Toby, as well? Like it's everything. Four hundred and I heard four hundred seventy six thousand square feet under roof. Wow. Oof. I mean, that probably rivals minus some of the D one programs in the state. That's going to beat any college facility. Yeah. Yeah. Five, it's uh, 500 Rocket Way is the address. That's something Kimberly would do. <laughs> it's spoken. 100 Paper Maker Drive, right? Maker. They don't Good like Paper Maker. It's straight Maker. Makers. Kimberly's landlocked, right? Is there any more room? Are they at Schwabenon? No, isn't Dar- is Darboy? Is Dar- yeah, I don't know how div- – is Darboy part of that? It's It's got to be close if it's not. I think they're landlocked. That's why Kakana built where they built. Mm. They every recruiting battle back and forth. Uh, I saw Greg was watching a little bit ago. I don't know how they chimed in. Kimberly <laughs> Ice. But uh, I, I think they have a little more room but nothing like at some point. But that's why you build sports up and people transfer to your school and – I mean, that was Ashwaubenon in the early 90s. I mean, everybody wanted to go on Ashwaubenon. Their football team was top of the world, and then they've kind of taken a step back. Yeah, I think – I think I don't know the stat, but some significant amount of Ashwaubenon's enrollment school choice, I think it might even be 50% or plus. Yeah, Greg – gee, Greg did chime in, not even close to landlocked. So they have got many years of building and recruiting to come. Yeah, they're going to build up for apartments so all those recruits can stay there. Right, right. Well, like Paul said, but they're wrestling, right, Paul? They're wrestling kids yes. go to Kakana? Yeah, so Kakana has – so it, it's, it's really interesting. So for years, it was Wisconsin Rapids. So Jeremy talked last week about why Stevens Point wasn't very good. They were actually very good. 
and you know Bayport was very good. Pulaski was very good in the '90s and early 2000s. But Wisconsin Rapids like went on a roll and won like 17 state titles. It, it wasn't even close. And just as they started to die down, Kakana now it's been on a roll. I think they've won you know eight of the last nine, give or take. Uh, but that's what happened early on. Um, when school choice first happened, I mean, all those kids from Kimberly, a couple of their first state championship teams were, were mostly Kimberly kids. But I mean, they're so close. I mean, they're, they're closer than Plasky Bayport. I mean, it's, they're within miles, right? I mean, you have Kimberly, Little Shoot, Kakana, and Appleton North, probably all within the same area of, between Plasky and Bayport. Hence why you get River Surge. <laughs> River Surge. What's River Surge? Oh, Toby doesn't know this because so Kimberly or Casa and Electric City combined and, and created a River Surge, which has to be one of the worst names for a soccer club in the state. Is there a river down there? Cox? Surge? I never got a, I'll never I never got Electric City either. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. All of a sudden, like one day on the highway, they just wrote Electric City on the on the water tower, and it was—I've never heard that before ever. It was to distract people from the um, paper making process. Yeah. So, hey, 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 Toby, yeah. I just want to thank you for letting me on here. Long time I admire and enjoy being on here. Hopefully, I can earn the right to come back on. Um, I am gonna check out though. I gotta go see if I can change out this pom pom to a different color um, in the in the kids in the kids toy room. So um, yeah. I know I got some some grief about that from some listeners uh, earlier, but uh, I do need to sign off. But I appreciate you having me, and, and hopefully I didn't get you canceled or anything. You kept the- listeners to get canceled, buddy. <laughs> I, appreciate- <laughs> I appreciate you coming on. You enjoy the night. We'll do it again. All right, take care, guys. Thanks, Matt. Hopefully, it's uploads. Yeah. Oh well. So Matt was more like Jeremy. He brought a he brought a professionalism to this. So you and I can get this thing off the rails now. (laughs) Hey, right. He did have a stern, steady look to him. Yeah. Um, you know what I wanted to bring up? Actually, my wife just texted me a little bit ago. Did you you watch the the so the U.S. women's hockey in the World Cup or not hockey soccer in the World? Yeah. And did you they played the Netherlands right and they tied one to one and there was a lot of pushing and shoving and then and then they went on to play Portugal. Who did they play the other morning? Portugal. Portugal. Right. And they they yep. they tied zero zero again. And did you see Carly Lloyd? I did. What were your thoughts on that? I, I thought it was. I thought it was legit criticism. And I, I thought, I saw, I mean, I can't take credit for this. I, I read it that when she kind of came back out and had that, you know, half, half ass apology, I guess, or, you know, she came back out the next day and said, Hey, I, I really do care for the team. I, I just, I think that's pretty, pretty poor that she'd even have to say that. There's nothing wrong with her criticism. I mean, when's the last time? 100%. What four or five? I mean, not that we're huge soccer understand, but like, when's the last time that the United States should have been jumping up and down, cheering a tie to take second place in group to group and, and move on? 
I mean, would that that be like literally that would be like the 2008s going down to state one and and taking second and being excited about it, in, in my opinion. It, I don't think there's anything wrong with what she said. No, I'm with you. And that's kind of where I, I was very disappointed that she had to come out. And I'm sure somebody said something to her about saying something. But she's absolutely right. When do we celebrate as U.S. as taking second, not winning? Um, and her best point was the player of the game was the post. Yeah. I, do, I mean, do you I think didn't... they're going to beat Sweden? I think they have to, right? I mean, you have to be able to make it to the final eight. Sweden's tough, but I think, and I, she kind of called out the coach that which you know, I don't know who this coach is. Why do we struggle in the U.S. is finding soccer coaches at the highest level of U.S. play? Like the men's, the men's got in all that BS because the the mom of one of the players was calling the coach and bitching, and then then there was problems there. It's like, what are we doing? I I don't know. I mean, I. I don't want to. I mean, is Eric still on? What does he think? I think they got. Yeah, I think they almost got arrogant. It seems like they're almost arrogant. Like they were just if they show up, they're gonna win. Well, I think I we lost. Uh, we lost from soccer, right? We all of a sudden we were worried about pay, and I get it. Like that, if you that's your that's your your mountain, then then go yelling. But when it comes down to get paid, you got to play. Same on the men's side. I mean, we 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 were into. Uh, talking about social issues mm-hmm. and all of a sudden different, you know, we're not, we're not worried about the national anthem. All that crap pisses people off. And I just don't get your brand is the United States. And the one thing you want to do is just I make everybody irate or half the country irate. You play by the rules. Well, how much is it? and this is probably more of a question for like an Eric or a Dusty or a Sean, but how much is it like youth soccer in the last or USA soccer in the last 20 years, how many different leagues have there been in? They can't even get their structure correct. Let's just talk on the girls' side. I mean, you have ECNL, you have YNL, you have GA, you have, they used to have the development Academy and then that fell apart. Um, you know, how there's every time, every three years, another league pops up. I, I know Eric's talked about that numerous times that, you know, they just keep watering it down, watering it down. So everybody thinks they're learning soccer. They're just trying to get a win and another trophy and look at how many different national championships there are during a year. Like what's the true national championship. So you have all that clutter in the youth system for 20 years. That's what's developing your, your older team. And then, you know, you have all the other countries that caught up to everybody and they're probably learning soccer. I know Sean talks right. about his team doing that, taking their lumps early, but learning how to play. And, you know, that first year was tough for them. And now what, you know, they finished what top eight in the country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think you're, you're flat out right. I think we, we give away eight gazillion trophies around this country and, uh, then when it comes down to it, put it together, you know, you know, I'm not saying they're bad, but I think we have players no. on the team should simply be on the team. I think we have older players that yep. it's time to pass the torch. I think youth wins in that game. Uh, I think there's players that have social sides or social warriors that they, they're afraid to get rid of. Now, this is my opinion, people, but I think they could do more with this team. And, uh, you know, I, 
Greg's right. They haven't played well since the last Olympics. No, but you sports in general, what's six, seven billion dollar industry for the United States? You know, and in Europe, I, I don't think there's their structure is the same as ours. You know, they're well, it, Europe, the, the like if we had the European system, the Minnesota loons would pretty much pay for our kids to play soccer. Yeah. I mean, to go back to you asked me about wrestling before, you know, the United States has done very well internationally for a long, long time, but for a while there before they kind of changed everything um, about 20 years ago, 25 years ago, the, you know, the Eastern Bloc and, and those countries dominated because they, they just trained to win world world championships and, and Olympic championships where the United States was worried about money and, and growth and, um, you know, so soccer could kind of be doing that too. And, you know, if they change it and they get everybody on the same board and, and moving forward and, you know, more about development, it's probably better. Well, when you had wrestling, right, you did it school-based or was it club-based? Um, interesting was for us, um, it was very much club-based, but we were fortunate to have, you know, in this area, you know, Bayport, Pulaski, Luxembourg, Coleman were, you know, some of the best teams in the state year after year after year. Club did not really start until, you know, 2010-ish, where there, there was one club in the 90s in Milwaukee called Ringers. And then uh, Ben Askren, who is a couple years older than me, he wrestled for Missouri. He's from Wisconsin, wrestled for Missouri, uh, two-time national champion, four-time finalist, won the Hodge Trophy, which is like the Heisman Trophy of wrestling twice and then he ended up in the olympics and he came back and kind of developed his own academy and now he has four or five around the state and and turned wrestling in the club that was kind of what you know some of the bigger areas did iowa pennsylvania and he has totally changed the, the wrestling landscape um, when i was in high school one or two kids maybe would be ranked in the country you know it was a big deal they were usually honorable mention um, Wisconsin just came back from what would be considered this, like for, from a soccer term, you know, the, uh, was it a galaxy in your, in your age group that won the national championship? Yep. So to get to that, say the national championship, either in the YNL aspect of it, or even the ECNL championship, um, they do one national championship for wrestling, uh, through the year. It's actually in Fargo at the Fargo dome. And they just had that. So there's say you know, 15 to 16 age groups or uh, weight classes per age group. And it's, you know, at our age group or, you know, our girls age groups, they need to be cadet or juniors. So, you know, freshman, sophomore or junior, senior. And Wisconsin had like 60% of the national champions this year. It's unheard of. And, and wow. that was straight off of the club. And interesting for me, ironic, because when I was coaching youth wrestling, I hated the club. I thought it was not needed. Um, and I got on a couple of the parents, like they were taking their kid to club and I'm like, you don't need that. And now, you know, for me, it's almost like a 180 because I would not want my kid to be in, you know, a school-based program, only like a rec program or something like that, regardless of who was coaching. Now you have to, we've seen that going through and traveling the club aspect of soccer is what makes you a better soccer player. You're playing against better competition. You're, you're getting better coaching, training year long. So that's kind of what they did in wrestling. And and now there's, I'd say, a dozen clubs in the state, but everybody goes to Askren, or AWA it's called. So I think he's got four or five locations. One's in Green Bay. So you'll have all your kids wrestle for the school, 
you know, the high school season, but literally during the week, even they'll, they'll go to the club practices. Um, they'll go to the club practices right after uh, on the weekend, even during the high school season and train with each other. So they're bringing, you know, really? a champion from Bayport and Kakana might be opponents during the week, but on the weekend they're, they're training together. It's a huge difference. Yeah, that is crazy. That is crazy because you think there'd be more rivalry, but it seems these clubs pull more kids together and end up knowing more kids or through ODP or whatever, and they, they actually become friends. Yeah, I think that I think becoming friends and learning the difference in training in wrestling is 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 kind of nice. The the one difference I would say between wrestling and soccer is there's no you can't really jump around. I mean, you're either going to win or you're not going to win. So if yeah, uh, we have. You know, we've talked about that, you know, you and I just personally, how many kids try to jump or they think they're going to get to a better club and, and then they get there and they realize it's not a big deal or, or it's not what it was supposed to be. You know, you're driving to Milwaukee how many times a, a week and, and really why you're, you're driving past, you know, some really good competition and, and coaches in our club. But in, in wrestling, you can't really do that. So, you know, you get a parent that, that thinks that their kid's not getting the right coaching or, or they could be better it's very simple you wrestle the wrestle the kid that you think you're better at if you can't win you're out so that's yeah the, no i, I do more. think that's fantastic how what is the we talked about last week i gotta ask you how do, how many weight classes are there and how like what's it, the difference like is there a 105 and then a 110 yeah. so um when i was in school in high school there was 13 weight classes and then, um, which was nice because there was no ties. Uh, it was, if you ended up with a tie score, it was whoever won the most matches. Well, it was an odd number. And then, you know, early 2000s, they went to 14. And uh, just this year, they went back down to 13. So um, they start, you know, around, and I, I, I'd be lying if I knew exactly. It used to be 106. I think it's between uh, 105 or 110 now is the first weight class. And then, it's usually like every seven or eight pounds is another one. Um, and then when so you what's get, the benefit of dying yourself to get to a lower weight cost? Uh, we need another couple podcasts to get through all that. But I mean, it's, <laughs> it's really, I mean, the bottom line is, you know, we did it really dumb. You know, we, you know, I'm, you know, I, I obviously don't look at anything like I used to look when I would wrestling. It was honestly a lot of days because of that, just the yo-yo dieting was not, to, was not smart. But the goal was, or, or the theory was, is that you would be in better, you know, that you could just get to that weight for, for one half a second, basically, and then recover. And, you know, the kids that did it the right way, um, you know, they cut, they, they really, you know, kids walking around are not as in shape as they think they are. So you get in, you know, you, you stop eating the, the sugar and the candy and just you watch your diet and you work out, you're going to lose a lot of weight. And then it's it's the next fifteen or twenty pounds that kills you, um, and <laughs> I think back to some of the dumb things that we did. I it was I mean it's horrible. I mean you wrestle one thirty on uh, you know on Thursday, but you come in on Monday at you know one sixty, and you got to make weight in four days. You know one fifty five. I think the the worst I've ever saw I think was like. 31, 32 pounds, you know, in a couple of days, four to four or five days. But I mean, it's mostly water weight. Right. But I mean, there's still, there's, but I mean, yeah, it's, it was ridiculous. I mean, come around, 
Tuesday afternoon, you know, you maybe have one orange and eight ounces of water in the next two days. And then dumb, you know, you weigh in, then you, you, you blow back up and then you come right back down. It was really dumb. Um, I caught a lot of weight my senior year, but I did it the right way. You know, you, the one thing your coach is always trying to tell you what to do and then you don't listen to them. Do it the right way. You can cut a lot of weight and still eat a lot of money, you know, a lot of food. Um, but yeah, I think the one thing that WI did well in the government body was just change all those rules. You know, no more rubber suits. You know, we'd be just stupid, you know, wrestling and practicing rubber suits and you'd, you know, lose 12 to 14 pounds of water. And it, it was bad. I, I'm not, I'm not happy about it or proud about it. It was, it was some really dumb things that we did. Honestly, I don't even know how the way it was. I don't even know how you, we got through practice, honestly. You know, you'd eat, you know, a couple of things a day, or a couple of things a week. I mean, I, a couple of oranges, a couple of little bit of water, and maybe four ounces of spaghetti in, you know, four or five days. And then go wrestle. It was just dumb. Really dumb. It just seems so odd to me, right? You, you Instead of just being like, I'm 155. And wrestling everybody else at 155, everybody cuts weight down to 135, and they're all the same kids that were 155. Yeah, in theory, that you'd think that would be right, but yeah, I mean, it's it's different. When I went to college, I, I was recruited to wrestle 141, and I could compete at that. And then, you know, the second semester came around, and, you know, that's when pizza and beer became a reality. And I, I remember getting on the scale after Christmas vacation. And I told my coach, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to get down, you know, past 165. And he's like, well, your spot's 141. I'm like, yeah, it's not happening. And they had me wrestle one tournament at 165. And I came off the mat and I just looked at him. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm out. I'll go play baseball. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I can't compete with these guys. I mean, they were, they were a foot taller than me and they were like 190 cutting down to 165. And I'm right. You know, the chubby 165 or pounder, you know, that should have been wrestling 141. So that, that's, that's kind of the difference, you know, especially at the older age. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I'm glad I have daughters. I, I, I don't want, right. I, I'd want them. This sport taught me a lot and, and I think it teach a lot of people, a lot of stuff, but man, to do it the way we did it was just stupid. Yeah. Have they, life. they've cleaned it up though. You know, we had, yeah. There's a lot of hard work that was won that way, but I, I don't know if it was really that smart. I think one of the nice things is that Askren I was telling you about, he's really promoting not non-cutting and just kind of watch your, you know, again, I mean, you, you get on the scale at 150 at Wrestle 145. You know, you'll, you'll lose four pounds just working out. Uh, yeah. But, you know, don't wrestle. I, he, he, uh, he was one of the first ones. He won his first state title at 119. I think his last state title, like 152. So he just kept going up and then in college did the same thing. And I think that really showed that, Hey, you can do this. You don't need to cut weight. Um, yeah. I tried cutting weights when I was in eighth grade, you had to be 135 to play tackle football. I think it came in about 143 and they put a suit on me Yep. and they had me run around and I think I gained a pound and I'm like, yeah, I don't think this is for me. So I never played eighth grade football. It wasn't that important in my life, but, they're like strap a suit on me and I'm like, what am I doing? And it's Catholic school. <laughs> yeah, it it was nuts. I mean, we the the off season, so if you want to call it like almost club wrestling, if you want to call it right, 
had no government rules. So we would wrestle like in the Badger State Tournament or the off-season national tournaments. And the weight classes were a little different. They're they're wider. So I, you know, when I was in school, it was like 132, 143, and 154. Well, that's a big jump, you know. Uh, and we would we would literally just walk around and we'd figure out like a day before we had to, we'd strap a suit on in the middle of summer. And, you know, it's 90 degrees out and you go for a five-mile run and, and you drop 154 down to, you know, down to 145, just didn't eat that next day, waited in the morning, made weight at 143. You only had to make weight once and then you could go back up to 155, 160 by the time you were wrestling. Um, that's okay. So you weigh in and that's your weight. In, in Wisconsin, uh, it is. The, so, like, if you're on a one-day tournament, you only have to weigh in once. You weigh in in the morning. And you make weight literally for a second, and then it doesn't matter. You're 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 good to go. Um, on multiple tournaments, you have to weigh in every day, and you get a pound a day. So if you weighed one thirty, is your weight class, you make that, and then the next day you you have to make one thirty one. They give you a pound. Those are the worst things to do because you have to watch your weight. Michigan, which is really weird, allows you to weigh in the day before, which is the dumbest rule there is. Um, my brother as a freshman weighed in, we were wrestling a tournament up in Marquette. It was kind of a screw around tournament for us, um, in high school, but we weighed in on a Friday afternoon. So they would allow us to weigh in at our school if the athletic director watched us. And then her coach would make us not eat until we got to Menominee, Michigan, because then we were considered in Michigan and we didn't have to wrestle for the next day. So I remember... It's it's like a Christmas tournament type deal, and my brother Dan weighed 103 as a freshman, and he was in the finals the next night. And as a joke, he stepped on the scale before he walked out to wrestle in the finals. He was 131, but he was wrestling 103 championship match. Because yeah, because he didn't have to make weight until we came back from holiday break, which would have been like January 7th. He had like three weeks for the next time he had to make weight. So, like, literally, he's wrestling these kids that who you know are just walking around the right weight, and uh, we have probably tape somewhere about it. It's so funny; you can totally tell the difference. I mean, thirty pounds on a, <laughs> on a freshman, but one hundred and six pounds is a big difference. Um, so, yeah, they didn't like us coming up anymore and doing that. So that was a uh, we kind of did that a lot. But you know, some you can tell the people that cut the white white way. I mean, uh, Jeff Owens you know, was a wrestler. And I think he probably still weighs the same weight that he weighed when he was in high school. Um, Katie's dead? Yeah. Yeah. Katie's dead. I didn't know. All state. All state. Uh, He wrestled for Wausau. Yeah. One of the Wausau schools. Uh, But I, I I honestly, if I remember our conversation, I think he wrestled like 145, 150 or something like that. I'm I'm sure that's about what he weighs. Now he's, you can tell the wrestlers that did it dumb because they all look like me. And then the ones that did it smartly still look like they could wrestle. That's bottom line. That's how it is. Well, evidently, everybody thinks I wrestled like you because, eh, <laughs> yeah, I gave up early. <laughs> well, that's interesting because I never understood wrestling. I just, it's a, it's a different sport, and it seems to be cultish. But it seems if you're a wrestler, you're really into wrestling. There's communities that are hard wrestling. Yeah, I honestly, I look at it almost like soccer. Um, it's very it, similar, it, very similar so wrestling. A lot of times, you know, got, if it was a three sport athlete, got the, they, they, it was the last of their three sports. 
or a two sport, I, I think. And then there was the kids that only wrestled. And I think you're almost seeing that. We talk about that a lot where, you know, how as a club do we get soccer to become more of the number one sport instead of the, the second one in which I, I just don't understand that. You know, we, we talked about that where you have a, a, a kid boy or girl who's on our, you know, a top team from the club and we're playing basically in the top league in the country or around that. Right. And in, in, in the Midwest, at least. And then they go, well, I'm going to go do, I'm just going to pick on a sport. I'm going to, I'm going to go swim. And then they're going to be worried about swimming more than, than soccer. And it, it just makes no sense to me. Um, we are running it, into that right now. And it is, it, I yeah, was, my, right. We've been, What's that? I was trying not to like point out like <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. Well, and we've had the most success in our club on the girls' side. Yes. We've had few state championships. We've you know, we've gotten an influx of new girls. We've had some girls leave. And uh, you know, you, you wanna believe that this team is gonna continue to have success and then all of a sudden you're like, Well, is it, you know, this and that and all of a sudden there's other sports. And I I I get it all. Like I, I, I get, but it seems like in these clubs and our club's not big enough to just sign. I mean, we've heard them sign contracts and, you know, I don't know if galaxy does, but I've heard in Michigan, I talked to a parent where they, they actually sign contracts. This is your number one sport. And if you can't sign it, there's a girl sitting behind you ready to take your spot. We don't have that in our club. We don't have the depth, um, from A to Z, we have excellent soccer, you know, through a, about three or four levels, but you also have to have parent commitment. You have to have, you know, the means to do everything. And we just seem to, where all of a sudden we become second nature. And it's hard for everybody that signs up to be like, hey, you paid all this money, but we're, we're, we're going to go to this game and we're going to have 12 players. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. I think that's, you know, the difference in youth sports now than it was, you know, even 10 years ago, it's very difficult to play at a high level in more than one sport. And, and it's almost impossible to do it in three. I yeah. Mean, two, two is you're juggling a lot. If you're trying to do three, I, God bless you. I don't know how you're doing it. Um, and that it, it's a shame because I think we all grew up in an era where you could play multiple sports. Um, but, we were probably not playing anywhere near the level as much as everybody around the bar says, you know, how great we, everybody was when they were a kid. I mean, if you're really being honest with yourself, you, you were what you were beating up on the city on the, on, on your same city or your same town, or maybe the next town over um, you weren't playing against, you know, teams from the Midwest or the, or, or the country. And I think that's the difference now. I mean, how, how are you supposed to really do that? I'm somewhat glad that girls only play one sport, but it also makes my judgment clouded when, you know, I want to do one thing or I think, you know, a certain, certain people on certain teams should do a certain thing, you know, until the club has every parent and every family trying to run the right way or the same way, not the right way, the same way. It's going to be tough to compete with. I mean, some of those clubs are taken from two to 3000 kids at a trial and we're taking yeah. 80 you know it's just right. it's night and day I, I think it's actually pretty impressive how well the club has been able to do um considering i mean even against the Milwaukee schools and stuff it's 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 a pretty big accomplishment what the club has been able to do in the last two three years 
Yeah, they continue to grow. We're finally seeing an influx of Milwaukee kids coming up here, um, coming back to our neighborhood. So I think we got a good thing going. I think, uh, I just hope we can continue. It's the youth, the younger teams. You know, it's funny because we used to be that U-13 that U team. Um, and all of a sudden it hit me the other day when somebody said, we're U-16. And I'm like, no, that seems like a lot. And then we find out we are U-16. So it, it, uh, we've, we have three seasons left. Yeah, I remember Basically coming to three seasons watch left. you guys play. You know, when, when Serene was younger, we'd come to watch you guys play at U13, U14 and, and thought that was the light years away. And now here we are, we're at, U, we're at U14, which is weird because Serene's 12, but that's where we're at. Yeah, right. And all of a sudden, you go, you'll have, well, you'll have two more years of club full of time. But now we go half the season club, half the season high school. Yeah, no, actually, we're 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 one full year, and then oh, you're fall, right because you're young. Yeah, Serene's Serene's young, so she'll she'll run into that you know that really crappy year. You know, we're half the teams in in high school and half the teams in eighth grade, which I, I just I hate. I think that's a waste wasted spring. So yeah, we have one full year and then one fall, and then. Yep. Okay. Then I don't know what we'll do. I guess, you know, you just you hang around and go play for the boys. Yeah, that, that's that's another travesty that, that USYS has, hasn't figured out yet. Yeah. I'd like to find that answer out, but I don't think we'll ever get it. I mean, there's a reason why, but I don't like it. Yeah. But, well, hey, it's, uh, man, hour and 10 minutes ready. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. It goes by quick. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and I'm going to tell Jeremy we, we he listened. He actually chimed in a little bit on my text chain, so uh, it was fun. I appreciate having on. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. I'll, I I will enjoy going back to being the, the smart ass comments uh, next week. Um, I, I like yeah, we didn't have as many comments this week because you were uh, you were on, but uh, well, I appreciate it. Hold tight. I'm going to stop this, and then we'll uh, download. But hold.